This is February 18th, 2024, and uh, full disclosure, this talk comes to you from a well-meaning elderly man with memory problems. Yep, that's how the special counsel recently described Joe Biden. And uh, what a shame that Biden reacted so defensively that he couldn't own it. I'm not going to veer into politics, uh, but he's a good case study, I think, Biden. Um, and when I say he, he couldn't own it, um, well, to be fair, uh, had he owned it, had he said what I just said about myself, uh, his political enemies uh, would be replaying it for the next nine months uh, and uh, using it against him. So there's that. So this talk will be about aging. And uh, of course, I speak from experience. I know that, uh, I hope that, that other older people can resonate to some of the things I'll be saying. I hope that younger people won't uh, just turn this off because after all, what do they have to worry about getting old? But there is this, uh, there's this basic asymmetry about an elderly person talking about aging. And that is that the elderly have lived through youth. We were young once, but the young can't know old age. They can only imagine it, and maybe even not that very much. So let me start by talking about the losses that come from aging. And I'll run through some of these fast because uh, uh, my uh, fellow elderly will not need to be told these things. But uh, so we lose, we lose muscle strength, we lose flexibility, we lose stamina, physical stamina, um, maybe mental stamina. I haven't noticed that, but maybe. Um, we lose eyesight. We lose hearing. We lose recovery time after injuries. Those of you who are older know, I've heard this from so many people. And of course, in this talk, I'm not just talking from my own direct experience, but from hearing a lot of people talk about it. Uh, it's surprising how much longer it takes to recover from an injury than it does when you're young. We lose friends and family members. It's a big one. We lose the respect of those who are younger. 
were often not taken as seriously. Um, for example, uh, I've I learned eventually that there's no point in talking in Taisho when I was still giving Taishos at in Rochester. There's no point really in talking warning uh, about uh, the dangers of social media. There's uh, really little point in warning about the danger of getting attached to one's identity. That's a big one. It's a big one in, in Buddhist doctrine, not getting attached to identity. But this is uh, now to say that when um, so many people uh, clutch at their sense of identity, uh, racial identity, uh, gender identity, um, ethnic identity, um, it, I've come to believe it pretty much falls on deaf ears. If, if you're at a stage of life where you need to grasp at identity, hold on to a sense of who you are, then that's what you'll do. Uh, when a younger person hears an older person uh, conveying some advice or messages, uh, it's all too easy just to dismiss the message because of the messenger. Oh, he's just an old man. In that respect, uh, it can be the same with other Ageism can be the same as other isms. There's a kind of a filter that snaps into place. Uh, you notice this um, when you've when you've become older. And I'm sure women, sensitive women, can notice the same thing. Uh, people of color can notice the same thing, that uh, all too often the person you're talking to is not really hearing what you're saying because they've got you pegged for to be in a certain category. I remember... I made the mistake once uh, a long, long ago of uh, recommending a movie to Roshi Kaplow to take his daughter to when she was in town from uh, Toronto. She didn't come down very often and he had asked, uh, do you know any, any movies in town? And I, I really overdid it with my enthusiasm about a movie I had just seen called The Sting. Robert Redford. Paul Newman, I had loved it. So foolishly, with the certainty of youth, I said, you will love this, Roshi. You and Rama both. 
You've got to go. I was so excited that I said, I'll take you. I'll drive you to the cinema. Um, so he took my word for it. He, uh, I, I, was, I was so excited that uh, I said, I'll, I'll pick you up afterward. I knew how long the movie would run. And I did pick them up. And they got in the car and the temperature in the car dropped about 40 degrees. Icy silence. And I finally said, well, well, what'd you think? And uh, I still remember his reaction. He said, cheap con man values. And nothing that anyone on the path should see. And I deflated like one of those, those tall sock figures you see outside of uh, used car lots. And uh, what I'm getting to is that young, his young daughter at the time, her name was Rama, in the, in the back seat, uh, she chirped. Well, I liked it. <laughs> and uh, afterward, when I drove into the back in the Zen Center parking lot, uh, when uh, when Rama and I were alone, she said, oh, he's just an old man. OK. OK. That's the way of the world. That's probably the way it's always been. I would never suggest that that can change. I remember having lived as a young person, how you easily it is, easy it is to dismiss what your elders say. And uh, accepting that is, is part of the, the gift of aging, that that's just the way it is. That's, those are the headwinds. Uh, we elderly are up against in giving advice. Um, getting back to sort of what prompted this talk, which I've been toying with in my mind for quite a while, that is the the incident with uh, with the special counsel making this characterization of Biden. Um, Again, yes, as we age, we lose a step or two or more. Of course, Biden, who is, what is he now, uh, 82, of course, uh, there are times when he flubs names and he flubs place places. There are times when uh, he is momentarily confused. That's the natural course of things. Call it entropy. Call it impermanence. There's one for you.
You may know that his aides, uh, his vice president and others, rushed to uh, defend his cognitive abilities and saying that he was in, in meetings with him. He was he's so sharp, alert, and commanding and decisive. And as as John Stewart said last week, uh, too bad. Those meetings weren't filmed. We don't know for sure. Uh, it could be that uh, surrounded by his trusted advisors and having a nice clear agenda in front of him, he, he is more decisive and less likely to uh, be confused. You know, as I was um, putting my thoughts together for this talk, uh, just by chance, I got something, something came across in my news feed uh, from Men's Health magazine, uh, in which, uh, well, I'll let it speak for itself. It starts by acknowledging that, yes, as we age, uh, our, our memory declines. Um, it said that after age 40, our brains start shrinking, 3% per decade. And after the age of 80, that shrinkage is 5% per decade. Our uh, information processing speed slows down. It's harder to quickly retrieve information. As in names and nouns. One of my jobs when I was in those years when I was Roshi's uh, assistant and secretary was when he was telling stories uh, with a group of people is to fill in the, the nouns. Uh, he would, he would turn, turn to me or to Polly and uh, he would hesitate. And we had heard his stories enough that we, we knew what, whom he was referring to the noun he was grasping for. It's, it's a natural part of aging. One of my favorite jokes, indulge me in this now. One of my favorite jokes is about a, a two couples, uh, middle age or beyond, and they have dinner at the home of one of the couples. And then the, uh, the two wives uh, repair to the kitchen to make coffee and dessert. And uh, yes, this is dating, this joke, but stay with me here. And the, and the husbands that are left there in the living room alone, and um, one of them starts raving about a restaurant that he and his wife had gone to. Uh, the, the food was was just superb. The the decor, the, the environment was anything you want, everything you want in a restaurant. The service was impeccable. He went on and on. Finally, the other man said, okay, well, what's, what's the name? It sounds good. What's the name of it? And the man, the man describing this restaurant, he, his face, he kind of frowned in concentration. He looked down 
he looked up toward the kitchen, then he looked down again, and he finally said, what's the name of that, that, that red flower with the thorns? And the other man said, Rose. And then the first man turns and calls into the kitchen, hey, Rose, what's the name of that restaurant we went to? By the way, I, I, I was telling that joke in a restaurant, and when I hit the punchline, the waitress came skittering over, and I said, what do you want? And she said, well, I said, wait a minute, is your name Rose? She said, yes. <laughs> okay. There is, there is so much fear in this country of having one's memory decline. I, I think very much uh, misplaced fear. And, and I've, I've read a couple of articles from uh, neurologists who feel also that it's misplaced, it's too, too much of it. Maybe that was what was going on with, uh, with Biden's uh, assistants and his, his people there. They, they, they were so afraid to face the fact, and it is a fact, of, uh, of cognitive decline that they were just doing somersaults to try to claim otherwise in the case of Biden. The wonderful thing is that you can compensate for losses of memory. I heard once that uh, uh, Yasutani Roshi, uh, at some age, uh, would keep a uh, pad of, of paper and a pen next to him while he was sitting alone uh, at home. And when something bubbled up that he didn't want to forget, he would just pick up a pen and make a note, short note. And that's something I've been doing for years. Little things. Um, check tire pressure. Then you can drop it. It's gone. You don't have to worry about remembering it. And there are wonderful benefits of losing memory. It is becoming less attached to the past, getting free of the past. Some of you have heard uh, me tell the story of um, the journalist who was interviewing Albert Schweitzer. Uh, Albert Schweitzer was a was a great humanitarian of, of the last century. Uh, he's a physician who devoted his many, many years to uh, helping uh, uh, those in Africa, uh, tending to them, providing medical care uh, to those in Africa. He became world famous as great humanitarian. 
kind of a physician version of Maria Teresa, Mother Teresa, excuse me, Mother Teresa. And uh, when he had become world famous, uh, a journalist found him there in Africa. And, and during, during an interview, he said, Dr. Schweitzer, what is happiness? And Schweitzer is reported to have paused and said, happiness, it's nothing more than good health and a poor memory. And I can vouch for that. This one person, in his experience, can vouch for that. We become liberated from the past. And what we have to remember to be functioning well, we can jot down, if not with pen and paper, then whatever device we have, make, make notes. Uh, to have to make these small compensations is a, is a wonderful trade-off, really, for being free of the past. Free of the past doesn't mean forgetting or disavowing the past. And this means um, we're, we're not imprisoned by it as much. There are um, some cultural factors that uh, I've grown aware of uh, through a career of, uh, of reading and study of uh, Asian culture. And I think it's fair to say, just as a, as a, as a general statement, that um, Asians respect the elderly more than uh, those in our own culture to the point of veneration. It, it, and this is not original with me. I've read articles where America has been called a, a youth-obsessed culture where youth is glamorized to the point that uh, when you reach middle age, much less beyond, then you just don't count for as much. And even in Asia, there was a terrible period, the Cultural Revolution, when uh, the young hotheads, men and women both, seized with their great idealism of Chairman Mao, uh, went through and wrought havoc throughout China, uh, humiliating and imprisoning the elderly. But by and large, I think you can tell from, from the koans and from a lot of uh, Chinese Buddhist texts, Japanese Buddhist texts, Korean Buddhist texts, there is a natural uh, respect for the elderly. Well, those of us who, those of us elderly ones who live in the West, this is our karma. 
and it gives us a chance to uh, to adapt to that that uh, disrespect. Let me go back to uh, um, this article from Men's Health. There was a, uh, a Scott Kaiser, physician, uh, director of geriatric cognitive health at uh, the Pacific Neuroscience Institute, who said, we know that brain volume decreases, but that might not be all that important in terms of how the brain performs overall. And then the the author of the article says, in some ways, an older brain is better equipped to manage the demands of a job that requires insight, emotional control, and good decision-making skills. The article went on to uh, refer to what's called crystallized intelligence. That's uh, what we gain from pulling from a stored base of knowledge. And this, uh, this Dr. Kaiser said, you have better pattern recognition and can see complex issues more clearly. And, and then they also bring up neuroplasticity, um, in which we cultivate new connections between brain cells over uh, age, our aging. Another researcher, this one at MIT, said, the raw processing power of youth isn't the be-all and end-all. We need to distinguish between legitimate concerns about someone's lucidity and the ageist stereotypes, on the other hand. So, it would then come down to, at what point uh, is our, our memory loss or cognitive decline, at what point does it impair our functioning in our jobs? When George Washington resigned from the presidency after just four years in office, it wasn't because of mental or physical decline. He was said to have had faith in the judgment of electors as to who would succeed him. Historians have always held him in high esteem for having stepped aside rather than hold on to such power. When King George III was told that Washington was going to resign, he is said to have said, if he does that, he will be the greatest man in the world. But I wonder, would Washington have declined to run for a second term if his likely opponent had been a malevolent, unhinged, egomaniacal psychopath? Just saying. Uh, a few years ago, uh, I realized that uh, as the abbot or director of the Zen Center at the time, that like, like any person in a fairly advanced age, I wouldn't necessarily know when I had reached uh, non-compassmentus, I think that's what it's called, that, that when you slip into dementia, 
you don't know it necessarily. And so I, I petitioned the trustees to add an amendment to our bylaws in which uh, the, the trustees by a, I don't know, I can't remember, two thirds vote could, um, could uh, remove the abbot from his or her job. I feel very good about that. I mean, it doesn't matter now, I no longer have that job, but I think it's a good thing uh, that none of us relies on our own um, self-awareness because it's not, <laughs> it's not all within our control of how self-aware we are. Now, I've talked a lot about what we lose um, as we age. And of course, that happens to the different to different degrees, at different speeds for different people. There's a, quite a range. Uh, but here are some other things we, quote, lose. How about this one? We lose self-consciousness. That is, in the negative sense. We don't take ourselves so seriously as the years pass. There was a some wonderful words from Helen Hayes. Helen Hayes was uh, arguably the greatest stage actress of, uh, I don't know, the mid, mid 20th century, Roshi Kaplow's generation. She's, I, I think of her as kind of the, uh, from what I've heard, as the kind of Meryl Streep of the theater in, those, in that time. She said, the hardest years in life are between the age of seven and 70. Seven and 70. Here's another, here's another, all right, let's call it a gain of aging. We become less attached to our physical appearance. We have to. Our physical appearance changes. Things sag. All kinds of things happen gradually. And uh, what would be the wisdom of fighting that? Well, people do. Yes, there's cosmetic surgery. And I, 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 don't, I don't judge that. I really don't. People feel they have to do that. Uh, but... How nice to just accept these physical changes. I remember Roshi Kaplow at, at, at a pretty advanced age saying, uh, age is for people who look in mirrors. There's something to that. Satchel Paige, the, uh, the great, great African-American pitcher from also from early in the last uh, century to 20th century, he, he posed the question, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were?
Here's some more nice things about getting older. You just, you almost have to acquire more humility. You've uh, you suffered so many bumps in the road, so many blows, uh, that uh, it seems to be almost inevitable that you become uh, more humble. I mean, just starting with the physical things, the physical changes I mentioned. Humility includes giving up the illusion of control. And with that comes the ability to yield, to go with the flow, to yield in arguments. I, I remember it came up, Roshi was quite a, uh, he had a lot of uh, legal training in his job as a court reporter. Um, he was a smart guy who uh, could, um, could handle himself in arguments or debates. And um, in my uh, quite, quite many years uh, as his assistant, uh, we got into some arguments about things, uh, mostly not about the Dharma, but uh, mostly about who said what or what happened. And uh, I remember very vividly the time when I said, uh, it was such and such. And he said, no, it wasn't. It was such and such. And uh, we went back a couple times on that. And then he just let it go. And uh, later, later, I heard, I learned that he was right. At the time, I thought, ah, got him. I won. But he reached the point where it just wasn't worth arguing anymore. He could probably see that he wasn't getting anywhere with me and there was no point to it. Many years later, I, I uh, learned from a person long experienced in, uh, in marriage counseling, the following formula. Please commit this to memory. What do you want more, to be right or to have a relationship? This yielding is, of course, mellowing. We all know this is just common. This is a commonplace that uh, this is what happens. Usually, I guess there are really ornery, curmudgeons, bitter people in old age. But, but uh, in my experience, for what that's worth, in my experience, people do mellow as they age. Another little thing I, I wasn't expecting when I was younger to happen in, uh, in old age was uh, that other people and I'm thinking mostly of, of younger people, younger men, um, they are clearly not threatened by you when you get older. There's a certain, I don't know, testosterone thing that happens 
between some men. Uh, and and I, I remember it was years ago, I began to notice that uh, there was an openness and friendliness from, from men uh, now that they regarded me as, well, basically toothless. That's a nice thing. It's nice to to have uh, to see people we interact with be less defensive, and the same with women in a different way. With women, it's not so much comp- competition as it is feeling safe with an older man. Safer. I know there are plenty of older men who've done terrible things, but anyway, that's that's what I've noticed over the years. That's a nice thing that you can connect with a man or a woman. You can connect better when those those defenses are are uh, less. And and you know, I talked earlier about how uh, from everything I've read and seen that, that, that Asians are more likely to respect their elders, but uh, than than uh, Westerners. But but I I also find, uh, and this is this is has to be said, that um, that there are younger people uh, do even this country tend to show deference and respect and kindness more so when when you've become older. It's not just good for the the older person; it's good for them to be able to access that, that kindness and respect. And then the big one, the big gift of aging is just having acquired life experience. And there's just no, no limit to what that brings with it. Starting with better judgment, generally. I think Will Rogers knew what he was talking about when he said, Good judgment comes from experience, and a lot of that comes from bad judgment. We learn from our mistakes. We all do. It takes some of us longer. We have to make more mistakes before it sinks in, but we do learn from our mistakes. There's a phrase that I heard when I was still young, the wisdom of age, the, uh, the gift of just acceptance, being able to accept things as they are. Of course, practice um, just accelerates this. It nourishes this, this ability to accept things as they are. In uh, the Blue Cliff record, there's a koan where the monk asks, how is it when the trees wither 
and the leaves fall. And uh, the master, Umon, says, body exposed to the golden breeze. And then one other thing that occurs to me, and then I'll get off this soapbox, uh, is is that uh, life experience is living through history, and history can be reassuring. I encourage those of you who are in despair about our current political situation or the or climate change or any of the major crises we're facing to read history. Um, all right, we haven't been through through global warming before, and that's plenty reason to to get active, uh, to do what we can to stem that tide. But as for other things, the political things, uh, read and how terrible things have been in our even in our own country in the past. And 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 Accept that somehow we made it through that those times. History is a is a kind of a salve that uh, really enables us to to carry on. So I I very much hope that uh, no one thinks that what I'm saying is that old old age is better than youth. There are wonderful, wonderful things about being young. So many things, and not just physically. What I'm doing more is trying to bring some balance to all this talk over this past week, and not just this past week, this, this... this bias against old age and, and just want to report uh, from a well-meaning elderly man with memory problems uh, that it's just so many wonderful things about getting older. Yes, there are the physical, the, the joint pain, the the little things, at least little, if not big, the little things that pile up dental things, medical things. Uh, and those of us who are, uh, for whom the things are relatively minor have a lot to be grateful for, but, uh, uh, it's just, I'm just trying to give some, some balance to it. And I'm going to close with some words from, the Middle East. I'm afraid I don't know who this guy was. Uh, his name was Abud of Omdurman. I should have Googled it. Sorry. Anyway, this Abud of Omdurman was asked, which is better to be young or to be old? He said, to be old 
is to have less time before you and more mistakes behind. I leave you to decide whether this is better than the reverse. Thanks for listening. And please keep sitting every day. <laughs>